0: Welcome to Miracles in Recovery with Ray Lynch. If you are one of the millions of people facing addiction issues or the loved one of someone who is, we're here to help and to discuss solutions. Hope is in your corner. Now, here's your host, Ray Lynch.
1: Good evening and welcome to Miracles in Recovery. I have two co-hosts with me, one on the phone, which is Ellen. Hi, Ellen. Hi, how are you? Good. And one who is in the studio. Hi, Steve. How
2: are you? I'm great, Ray. Thanks for asking. Happy New Year to everybody.
1: Happy New Year. Yeah, this is, you know, this was one thing last week when we were live. I checked to see if we had the ability to be live tonight, and the engineer had to be in the studio anyway. So I said that I, I, I thought that we should go live only because this is one of those holidays where. Maybe somebody needs to listen to this hour and and, and get something out of it. If you're listening and you are looking for, for lack of a better word, shelter from the chaos of New Year's Eve, give us a call. And what we'll do is we'll put our brains together and see if we can't find you refuge in the storm for the evening. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of uh, 12-step-based um, recovery groups that have 24-hour meeting cycles on Christmas Eve and you know through the holidays just because it's a tough time for a lot of people. So if you're out there and you're you want to go stay with like-minded people… Give us a call or send me an email at ray at org, and we will try to point you in the right direction as close as you are to where you are. So, with that, you know, I just want to wish everyone a happy new year. And we had a pretty successful year on the show. We we had many, we, we have gone into many, many countries. And today I got a. Uh, a social media text from uh, somebody in Ireland who listens to us regularly. And she was saying that she's proud of what we do. She listens every single week, which is crazy because right now it's one o'clock in the morning. She listens live. So, um, you know, shout out to her and everybody else who's listening all around the world. Um, if you've already celebrated New Year's, hoorah, if not, Hang on, it's coming. So with that, Ellen or Steve, do you want to uh, say anything before we just start conversing about whatever?
2: Well, I'll say something real quick. happy new year, everybody. Happy new year, Ellen. And happy new year to everyone out there. Um, Ray mentioned that you give us a call. Let me just remind you, our number is 866-472-5792. 866-472-5792. As they say in recovery, this is the third leg of the Devil's Triangle this holiday season. And it can be tough out there for everyone. Um, The only thing I can say to you, if you're out there listening, you've done the right thing by tuning in tonight. And you've taken the first step. Um, Call us if you need some help. Ellen? I would just say uh, make
3: 2019. Your banner year, you know. We, everybody's got a, a chance for a new start.
1: Yeah, you know it's it's a brand new, as they use the golf term, uh, a mulligan. You know, um, <laughs> you you get you get to start over every every day. We every day we wake up, we get a do over. Right. But this is a complete do over. The slate is clean. I saw something somewhere. It said you have a book with three hundred and sixty five pages in it, and tomorrow when you wake up, the first page is blank what you write on that page dictates the next 364. So if this is a, if this is one of those the, the, what you, you're at one of those crossroads and you're unsure um, make tonight or tomorrow the day that you get out of your own way and allow somebody else to help you figure things out. You're not going to figure it out overnight. It's going to take some time so just you know enjoy the ride and um, just, Ask somebody to help you figure it out, and I know, guys. I say this all the time. It's like a a a guy asking another guy to be your Valentine, but you do need some kind of guide. You do need some kind of sponsor to help walk you through what it is that you know this this new venture of life, this new journey. And you know, we're here for you. We're, we're a phone call away. You know, like Steve said, 866-472-5792. That's only while we're on the air. That's the that's the show line. That's if you want to come on the, the line. The uh, Miracles in Recovery telephone number is 855-STOP-USING. That's 855-STOP-USING. That is open. That, that, that goes to my cell phone 24 hours a day. If you're in need of, to speak to someone, if you're in need of anything, dial that number. We will find out where you are and we'll get you, the re- we'll get you to the resources that will help you through the situation you're in wherever you are. That's what we do. You know what I mean? What, what was so freely given to us, we have no choice but to give back or we will lose. That's one of the things that we were taught. And it's so much easier to be able to understand someone's plight having been there. Now, I know that I've spoken to people who were my counselor, who were my quote-unquote therapist, who didn't claim themselves as an addict or an alcoholic. And I shared things with them that kind of, I got kind of like a strange look in their eye. And I said, ah, this person has no clue what it is to sleep on a park bench. This person has no clue what it is to bum money because you haven't taken a shower in three weeks to go in the Y for $5 and take a shower and put the shame shit clothes back on. This person has no clue of that. I do. I've been there. So give me a call. Ellen. Ellen's Ellen's story is is the family story. She's been there on the other side of the fence. She gets it. Steve, the same thing, same way. If you want to speak to any of us, by all means, call eight five five stop using when we're not on the air. And I'll make sure that if you want to speak to Ellen or if you want to speak to Steve or if you want to speak to I, we'll definitely get back to you. Cause it's what we do. You know, because we can't keep what we have without giving it away. You know, and I and I used to always say, um, those bumper stickers drove me crazy, and right in that short span, I've set about six or seven bumper stickers. So I guess somehow <laughs> through osmosis it worked, and it, and it's gotten into my brain, you know. So I'm grateful today that that I can at least laugh at myself, and allow other people to laugh at me as well. And I don't mean laugh at me, but I mean laugh with me, you know. And and um, I only got that through the consistency of getting out of my own way. And I've shared many a times that I have i wasn't sure that I wanted to stay clean. I just knew that if I kept doing what I was going to do, death became more of an option. And I really didn't want to embrace death. I wasn't ready yet. And, and fortunately enough, when I reached out and said, help, someone stepped in and grabbed me by the hand and said, you want what I have, do what I do. And, you know, I blindly followed, and 9, 10, 11 months later, I woke up saying, wow, I have 9, 10, 11 months under my belt, and I think I want to try this thing. And, um, you know, that was February 28th, 1989. I'm coming into my 30th 30th year. year. I mean, that's incredible. It seems like yesterday. I can remember things like it was yesterday, and they always told me, if you forget where you came from, you're destined to repeat it. I I don't want to repeat it. I don't want to sleep on that park bench. This was not a good time of year for me. New Year's Eve was not a good night for me. Christmas Eve was not a good night for me, all my family, and I don't want to relive that. So what do I do? I share about who I am, and I make sure that I always remember where I came from. Dial 866-472-5792 and share
2: your story if you feel like it. That's that's amazing, Ray. It, I just had to sigh and take a deep breath because, as I said last week when we were on on Christmas Eve, I was remembering what I had done in the past Christmas Eves, and it just it it strikes it strikes a chord again tonight because, last year at this time, just like I said last week. I would probably be sitting at home watching television, no friends, no family, cocktail next to me, you know, and life was good. So I thought today I spent (laughs) a wonderful day with a group of friends that I've made over the past several months. And early in my recovery, um, it's amazing that I can already see things changing in my life. And I apologize to any listeners out there. I, I am beginning to get a little choked up because I have never been so grateful for anything in my life more than the gift of sobriety that I've been given this past year. It is amazing what God has done in my life. It's amazing what he's done in the lives of my friends through me. I didn't have to be here tonight, um, but I wanted to be here tonight. Ray asked me. I didn't know Ellen was going to be with us over the phone tonight. I couldn't picture my friend Ray sitting in an empty studio tonight on New Year's Eve. Um, I couldn't picture you guys out there listening and not having the conversation that Ray and I had last week to listen to tonight. Um, We're here for you. Um, uh, I love each and every one of you out there listening tonight. And take it from me, miracles do happen. They do happen. I'm living proof. Alan?
3: Yes, they do. Um, I had a wonderful Christmas with my daughter and her fiance, and probably two years ago, I would have said I didn't know if she was going to be around, even the next day. So Mm -hmm. miracles do happen. I think, you know, as you said, Steve, gratitude is such a huge part of this. And when this first started happening in my family. I you know, if you had asked me what I was grateful for, I would have told you absolutely nothing. I have nothing to be grateful for. And I was so wrong. You know, it's it's the little things sometimes that you just have to kind of hang on to. You know, I have a job, I have a car, I have a home. A lot of people don't have that. You know, it's right. things and- that you take for granted.
1: And you also, you know, when you when I'm thinking it, you said I have a job, I have a car, I have a home. The first thing I thought of was, is going to take that car 1,300 miles to get home.
3: <laughs> so. No, not quite. Maybe 900.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> but 900 to my miles. In
3: Atlanta first.
1: Oh my. Oh, oh you're, you're stopping in Atlanta.
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah, we have uh, on the second we started uh, three days of meetings.
1: Oh, well, I mean, I guess I guess it's convenient that way. I mean, you, you went yeah, and saw is. your mother and family, and then now you stop in Atlanta on the way home, which you have to go through anyway. Or you just go on the outside of it, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll be yeah. in traffic, but um, yeah, we we're in a hotel all together, and nobody was allowed to get a car. So I thought, well, I'll be there anyway. I'll just drive my car down there.
1: Yeah, no, that's cool. That's cool. I yeah. mean, but yeah, you know, this, this, this is one of the um, – this is one of the holidays that, you know, people, I, I you know, I, I never really got it. Because when I was younger, um, this was one of the ones that didn't really, uh, you know, entertain me. Because it was, I, I could never stay awake long <laughs> enough, you know. I, 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 when I was a kid, I loved to sleep. I used to sleep for like 16 hours a day. But anyway, um So, when I got older and I started using, I found the excuse to be around people um, that way. But it still wasn't one of those holidays where it was like, you know, all full of merriment and cheer, big shit. It's just another day.
2: And it's just another excuse.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then I found like minded users and, you know, being homeless, helpless, and loveless. What is December thirty first? Just another, just another, another day. Just another day. Just another struggle. Just another getting off. Well, oh, it's e.
3: another excuse to get high. Come on. That's yeah. right. That's right.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think I think at that point there were no more excuses. I think it was just. I think it was just driven by uh, whatever. You know what I mean? Like I was past the excuse stage. You know, the past couple of years, or the last couple of years.
2: Well, you could use it as an opportunity. You know, yeah, you're, everybody else is partying. Great, could I got more people on to party some, with yeah, tonight. Yeah. You know, yeah, you capitalize, yeah on capitalize on
1: capitalize on somebody else's emotions that night. Yeah, because that's what we did. You know, and, and you know, it's. Um, I'm thinking. I was I was reading an article, and we only have four minutes left, and it's one that I want to talk about for. Uh, Probably a, a good a good piece, so we're not going to. But here's another one. It says, uh, "Why is it not enabling to make drug use safer? Opposing needle exchanges and an inserting insisting people with addiction must hit rock bottom flies in the face of reality." Now that is so true. I mean, because. Um, me sharing my experience, strength, and hope. Steve sharing his experience, strength, and hope. Ellen, you sharing your experience, strength, and hope. The individual listening doesn't necessarily have to hit where they need to hit. I mean, granted, everybody is going to follow their own path. But if if we're able to give anybody any information or pad that fall a little bit by by Helping a little sooner, then so be it. Now, this they're talking about um, needle exchange and I think safe, safe, uh, what are they called? Safe shooting centers or whatever it is. Safe, it's in the article. Oh, uh, SIF, uh, safe infection, injection, no infection facilities. Oh my. So, in other words, infection? it's all clean. Yeah, infection. It it, it could work, go either ways, injection or infection. But safe yeah. infection because you're not you're not contaminating anybody. It's a it's a it's a straight up clean situation that you're in. And um, you know, I think that they're working. I mean, I you know the one that we talked about months ago that that opened up at uh, was it Mass General or, or uh, Boston City Hospital? Um, they they've had nothing but great uh, success with it. Now, I know Massachusetts is a little bit ahead of the curve, a lot more so than other states in their fight against addiction because they look at it in a different way. And um, so I know that that one's pretty successful, but this article is saying that they're opening up in uh, like five or six more states. So it must mean that the um, statistics hold some weight. Now, oh, when they
3: first, absolutely what, do. They they they've done it in other countries and cut their addiction rate in half.
1: Right, right. Yeah, that's what it said. Like I mean, Europe, it, Germany,
3: it's a really yeah. important thing. Yeah, um, I think Iceland, maybe Portugal, there, Europe, there Canada, were and Australia. Very, very successful with it. I, don't, yeah. I haven't heard anything bad about it
1: except that. No, I mean the only tax thing bad you're going to hear. The only thing. The only thing bad you're going to hear about it is the people who don't understand it and want to bash it. You know, like you know, like letters to the editor, or 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 anything like that. But if you if you've if you've had an experience with being in one of these facilities, using one of these facilities, your a loved one that is engaged in using one of these facilities, please give us a call at 866-472-5792. That's eight six six four seven two five seven nine two, and we'll get a little more information about it. I mean, fortunately enough they weren't well, unfortunately enough they weren't around when I tried you when I was trying to get clean, but fortunately enough with all the disease and mayhem that's out there today that they are available. So, we can talk about that when we come back from break. We'll be back in a moment.
0: Ready to transform your health and your world? Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.
3: Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that'll help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health & Wellness Channel. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health & Wellness.
0: Are listening to miracles in recovery to reach the program today please call in to 1-866-472-5792 that's 1-866-472-5792 you may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org now back to this week's show
1: hey and we're back so we were before we went to break, we were talking about safe, safe injection, safe infection facilities, um, and you know looking at looking at the thing. It looks like it looks like they've had a lot of success with these in different countries. But it brings me to another article that I, that I read that which was like right behind it. And they've come out with, or, or there are these like litmus test strips. Uh, that test for fentanyl and carfentanyl. they are supposed to be used for urine, but now they're finding that they—they're used like you can—you can dab it in the in the um, in the liquid in the in the heroin or or whatever it is that you're doing, and um, you can detect fentanyl. Now, I, I think that's a great idea. And it says here, New York City in July implemented a policy to help needle exchange programs integrate fentanyl strips into their operations. And the University of Texas bought 37,000 of them for, for wow. the campuses. Right. That's that's all well and good. But if I don't know if you remember and all I need to do is say the word Brockton. Right? Brockton, Mass. Brockton, Massachusetts. I lived in New Bedford. People were dying in Brockton. We in New Bedford said they don't know what they're doing. We're going to go get it and show them how to do it. Right? So the mindset of an active addict is not going to stop because they don't want to know, is not going to stop and pull out a fentanyl strip out of their pocket and dip it into what it is that they're pulling up into their, their, uh, you know, to do what they're going to do with it. And... It's just not going to happen now in in safe injection facilities, yes, I can see where that would yeah. work and I and I can see where you know in the in the needle exchange and stuff like that but they want to push these out to the street to to the to the street um, to the street addict and it's not going to work because I know if I saw fentanyl come positive, it wouldn't have made a difference no. At that point, I have no choice but to. So, um, it you know, a little a little strip turning purple, isn't going to tell me yes or no. It's only going to. It's like roll. It's like flipping a revolver. You're playing um,
2: um, Russian roulette. Russian roulette. Well, and I
3: would think so that it might be of use to the police because a lot of them are getting poisoned by touching it.
2: That's what I you heard. Know, you you heard touch it, it.
3: You check yeah. it.
2: I heard that that stuff is and and this all that fentanyl stuff was so new to me that when I took my meeting into a treatment center last Tuesday night, Christmas night, we actually got on that conversation and I asked them what it was. One of the kids there, and God bless him, he's a kid of twenty two years old, was telling me that they this stuff can be used as a weapon of mass destruction. yeah, oh, yeah, that's how yeah. deadly this yeah. drug is. All you have to do is touch it. And you can OD. And, you know, to me, when I was a kid or younger and using, you know, I chose a, a different drug. Mine made me go fast. You could taste it, you know, and you knew how strong it was. And these kids are out there and they're literally, well, people, adults too, that are using this are playing with their lives every time they put their hands oh, yeah. on this. Well, I, I mean, I, I can't. The drug dogs were getting. Right. It. Yes. It's yes. Really, really scary stuff. It is. I mean, and and I can, of course, I can understand having been there in the throes of addiction that it doesn't make any difference. Like Ray said, to him, it wasn't going to make any difference. But gosh knows, it is just so dangerous. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna read a little bit of the article here. It says
1: the strip the strips also can't tell how much fentanyl is present. Or whether the positive reading is for a similar drug, carfentanil, for example, is ten is a hundred times more potent than fentanyl, and a thousand times more potent than morphine. Oh, okay. I don't think the presence of fentanyl will stop people using the drugs," said Paul A. Lakowski executive director of the Washington-based um, Needle Exchange Network. I don't necessarily think the fear or knowledge of fentanyl will not make you use it, but it might make you be more careful when you use it. Now, listen to this. Listen to this message here. Now, I I think this is so tainted. This is coming from someone who doesn't have a clue about, about addiction. This is the message health officials want people to receive. If fentanyl is present, Throw the drugs away. If you choose to go ahead, don't shoot up alone. Use only a little and make sure someone with you has naloxone. What? <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna That's take gonna that precaution.
3: Happen. Come yeah.
1: on, man. And these, you know, and these are the people that we're relying on. I mean, this is only an article written by one individual, but these are the people that we're relying on to help us curb this um, epidemic that we have with, with with opioids and and use only a little. Don't do it alone, and make sure somebody has Narcan. And so uh, that
2: makes no sense. No, it makes no sense well, I whatsoever. I would
3: that Narcan is not something that that anybody's going to have around when they're getting ready to shoot up.
2: I mean, isn't oh, that like
3: uh- anathema?
1: Well, you know something. The funny thing is, is I'm sure that I could pick out two or three people out of the many that I had used with that would have that in their pocket. They were just a conscientious addict. You know, they, they made sure if and if somebody was I mean, if it wasn't available at the time, but they made sure that if somebody wasn't feeling right, they were the ones that make sure that they looked after them. They were the caretaker addict. And um, mm-hmm. you know, so but like that makes absolutely no sense to me that it's like, well, if you're gonna use it, only do a little bit, but if but if you do enough to knock you out, make sure your friends have knock in so that ultimately <laughs> ultimately you can experience that again.
2: That's yeah, exactly yeah, what that's, that's telling not, me now. That's not a yeah. realistic scenario at all. No, no. Yeah, I mean they do that in baseball. If you strike out, you get another turn at bat. You do this with, yeah. with fentanyl and stuff. You strike out, you're dead. Yeah, plain and simple. You're you're going to die. It's it's horrible. I mean, I can never. I cannot imagine what. I say these kids, but it, it, adults are in the throw of this too. But it, yeah. I just. Going to these treatment centers like I do, I see so many younger people in there. And they're doing the same thing we did back in the 70s. We experimented, experimented with stuff. You know, it came on paper. It came. You know, you drop it on paper. You drop it in a cube of sugar. Mm-hmm. You never knew how much or, or exactly what yeah, right. it was that yeah. you were doing. You know, so I can't say that I was any smarter than any of these kids. I guess maybe now that I'm older and I'm beginning this this process of recovery, I'm learning so much more, and I have a continued opportunity to look back and realize how lucky I am to still be here right now. Oh, absolutely. Now. Mm-hmm.
3: I know. We, we all, who still have, you know, people who are alive, have a lot to be grateful for. We really do. And what's out there now is, is so much more dangerous, I think, than it was, you know, back in the day. Even even two years ago, I don't think we were talking about fentanyl like we are now. Uh, no, I, I don't think we had the awarenesses of it
1: anyway. I mean, well, I think I think we. I don't
3: think it think, was as prevalent. You know, I know no. moms that have lost two kids in different places oh on my. the same night.
1: Exactly. Oh we were talking about that a couple of weeks ago, right? A mother that lost two children on the same night yes. in different, yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean, and it happens more than you think. It's really, really frightening.
1: Or even the story, was it a few weeks ago, we were talking about the mother, her son, very first time that he took a pill. He, Him and his friend both went up to bed in her house and uh, they didn't wake up. Oh, God. First time for both of them.
3: Well, I have and a that's friend what it who is. recently found her son and he was blue. And fortunately oh. enough, she had Narcan. If she had, he would be dead. You know, you I know, think everyone should. I for think for him, he's in jail, or fortunately, but...
1: Um, fortunately, yeah, he's out of his own way. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, I think, I think everyone should have the availability to have that. It's almost like having a, a, a defibrillator and on amen, the wall. I
2: was just about yeah, to say it's that, It's almost right. like
1: having a defibrillator on the wall, because you never know, you know. Um, I'm hearing fireworks, and I'm not liking it. Mm-hmm. But anyway... Um, <laughs> It just brings oh, me am. somewhere where I don't want to be. I yeah. can tell
2: you, my dog's not liking it yeah, at home. Either. Neither the.
1: Look at, look at, look at her. She's um, all, but she's...
2: back to the point, you know, yeah. it's, it, they spend so much money on um, treatment and things like that, and these safe injection places. And God love them for doing that. I mean, mm-hmm. they're trying to help. And just like Ellen said, they it's proven that it starts reducing the addiction rates. You know, as much as fifty percent. Why don't they give the layman the tools to help something like that? Just like Ray said, there's a defibrillator in every building you go into nowadays.
1: Well, there was a um, there was uh, something. There was a push started for, like, if you went to Walgreens or CVS and asked Mm -hmm. asked for the you know the EpiPen, then then they would give you one. But I don't necessarily know what happened. With that, like, like if I walked into my local Walgreens, would
3: they hand me one?
1: Oh, you I don't know. Get
3: Narcan at a CVS or a Walgreens, you do have to pay for it, but you can get it.
1: Yeah, but how much do you pay for it? Um, I, I mean, I guess I guess it doesn't lot. make a. Uh, I guess if it was ten bucks a ten bucks a pen or something like that, you save somebody's life for ten bucks. Yeah, yeah. You could be in. You could be in Home Depot. And someone have a bad reaction to whatever it is that they are, the pain medication they're on or whatever they did in the car. They walk in the store, boom, they're gone. And everybody runs around in a panic because nobody knows what to do. Right, And, and, and I think in today's world where it is so prevalent and accepted, right? I mean, because because society as a whole embraces active addiction and alcoholism because we do nothing about it except complain, then that I think that there should be at least that awareness or the ability to have that I, I mean I wouldn't walk around with an epi pen in my in my pocket all the
3: time, but
1: if I well, had have it You available- know, if you have
3: it in your car, if you have it in your yeah. home, if you you know, if yeah. you have an active addict in your if life, you have a- access to
2: opioids, it. Yeah, right.
1: I mean, stores, should have, stores should have it. Stores
2: it. should have it. Right. Well, they should have it, and and, and yeah. I think it goes back to um, what Ellen said a, f- a few minutes ago: um, the awareness that people aren't aware of this epidemic. I mean, people like us are because we live that life. You know, we we go to treatment centers. Ray and Ellen do this regular radio show. They're in contact with people that are going through this. We are in contact with people that are going through this every day. We are aware that this problem exists. Um, I don't see commercials for this on television. I I remember back in the 70s and maybe late 70s, early 80s, where they had the frying pan on the stove and they drop an egg in That's there and crap. it fried. You know? yeah. And it said, you know, this mm-hmm. is your brain. This is drugs. This is your brain on drugs. Mm-hmm. There's... That was that. At least tried to bring awareness to people that we have a drug epidemic in our society in the United States. They they offered no solution other and than they, and uh, they still don't because and they, yeah right.
1: I saw I saw I was reading an article again today another one it was yesterday. Um, one in three families are directly affected by. Some sort of drug addiction or alcoholism. So you can't tell me that the, that the community isn't aware. They're, they're more than aware. They just want to look the other way. Now, there's
3: still so much judgment and shame around it that people yeah. hide it instead of saying, I need help.
1: Well, yes, yeah, so we just try to change. We don't know how to handle it. Yeah, so we just try to change the verbiage and look the other way. Right.
2: Well, that, that's a what fact. That is, I
3: mean, what that's done is, you know, now we have this epidemic and people are going, uh you know, what do we do? Nobody yeah. knows. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: I mean, I, I, I would like to think that we um, in the recovery community and people who are um, loved ones of us who have seen, you know, the proof in the pudding, um, I think our voices are are heard because there is ch- there is change there is awareness it's just that it's just so overbearing today that and and it's so in your face with with people posting every single day about they lost this one they lost that one they mm-hmm. you know all of that all of the sadness is right at our fingertips not like it was before now i don't think that the overdose rate was as great when I stopped as it is today because I do know that the the substances weren't the same. They're, no. they're absolutely not the same. Um, but with that in mind, where are we going to be in 10 years if we don't do something about it now?
3: Oh, we're well, up to every- 174 a day with opioids, although the official statistics oh don't say that, but it's true. Yeah, it's probably greater than that. Yeah, oh, and it's something like eighty-eight thousand uh, deaths due to alcoholism,
2: and I think it's pro- that's probably a lot higher too. Yes, it is. And but and and it was said very uh, very well that we're in a vacuum. That this country is is living in a vacuum. They refuse to open their eyes and see this epidemic. Um, only people who are involved in that see the epidemic, the parents who lose a child, mm-hmm. the child who loses a parent, my gosh, um, mm-hmm. are involved in that. and we're the only ones who see it. The rest of every you know the rest of the world is, oh, my children aren't affected by that. so why should I worry about that 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 druggie or that junkie? Mm-hmm. you know and and unfortunately, you know the funny thing is like is that, that you just
1: you just said that about that druggie or that junkie. You know, when you're looking down at your nose at that druggie or that junkie, that may be the individual that saves your child. Yes. You know, because I remember when I was younger and people looked down their nose at my mother about me, saying, look at your son, what a mess, and this and that and the other thing. Um, Fortunately enough, there were a lot of friends that I got to show the way. They didn't all make it. They didn't all embrace it, but being able to get clean and get out of my own way, um, I was able to show people how it worked. And, you know, I was quote unquote, that junkie and God don't make junk, but I was quote unquote, that junkie. And, you know, so be careful when you're looking down your nose at somebody that's homeless, helpless, and loveless, because they may be the ones that reach out to your child. And save them when they ask for help. Dial 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. We'll be back in a moment.
3: Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness.
0: Are you tired of the healthcare system
3: only treating your symptoms and never addressing the root cause? Discover how integrative medicine can resolve health issues through dietary and lifestyle changes and the use of natural supplements. Increase your energy, memory, mood, immune system,
4: sexuality, and more. Join Dr. Sunil Pai and Maureen Sutton to help you take back your health with natural evidence based solutions. Tune in every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you figured out what to attract in your life in order to make it successful? There are those who can and those who can learn. Your intensified energy gives you willpower to move the bar forward and be happy. Happy people spread their energy throughout their lives. And once they figure it out, go on to be successful at nearly everything they set their mind to. Join host Ellen Morano and her panel of guest experts and co-hosts on Generate Massive Energy for a Fulfilling Life. Thursdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Tune in Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. We got the power to
3: change the world.
1: You know, I was flipping through my phone here, of course, while we're on, just thinking, you know, thinking, looking for content and stuff like that. And I came across this thing that says, before you judge me, let me ask you one question. When did you start walking on water?
3: And that's a very you good know, question.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, and then this one says here, shout out to all the black sheep ringing in the New Year's sober. You know, something. Hoorah. <laughs> Because I was one of those black sheep, you know. I mean, I was a community black sheep, and like I said, even on and after, people were questioning my mother. What gives your son the right to get clean and my kid can't? And you know, my mother said, you know, luck of the draw. I guess. I mean, you know, it's, it's you know, it's not for people who uh, need it. It's for people who want it. Yeah, and there's no answer to that question. No, there is no answer to that question. And she and they used, to, you know, they used to always looked down at her because I was a user and I dragged their kids down. And then they looked down at her because I was clean and their kids couldn't get clean. So, um, you know, there is no winning. The 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 winning is in um, how the family recovers from all of that. You know, and, and my mother was, my mother very gracefully um, didn't smash their families, didn't say it's because your son's, you know, no good, like, they chose to do about me, um, she just said, well, hopefully, you know, they'll follow Ray's way and and they'll get clean as well or they'll get sober as well. And, you know, that's how it works. I mean, it's not, I I can't go out there and physically grab someone because I've proven it time after time. I can't go physically grab someone and bring them to a
2: recovery facility and sit there with them. It's just not going to work. That's right. That's right. They tried. My wife tried it with me. You right. know, you need to get some help. And I said, you know, bull, bull crap. I don't need any help. I'm fine. Well, who am I hurting? I'm sitting at right. home. I'm if by I, myself. I, you know, I <laughs> would be rich
3: for all the times that I sent my daughter to rehab, thinking, you know, this time is going to be the time. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, let me let me just bring that one step further. If
1: I'm going into situations where I don't belong we're using is is present or steve you're going into a bar to pull somebody out who's drinking they're going to get you sick before you get them well Mm -hmm. you know so we have zero business chasing after people at, at, at that point the only thing we can do is be a power of example share our experience strength and hope in 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 hopes that they say well if you can do it, maybe I can do it. You are worse than me, uh, you know, that that whole stupid justification. But if I'm running in and out of bars trying to save people, then I'm screwing my day all up because I have no business doing that. That's right. And you you're know? probably
2: not gonna help anyone.
1: No, I'm only well, I'm not gonna help
2: anyone and I'm absolutely gonna hurt myself. Right. I mean I, I hear it from these people when I go into the treatment centers and things that um for lack of a better term, wow, you really made a difference. You know, I can see how this is working for you. Mm -hmm. Um, That, yes, that's why I do it. That, yes, to be simple, uh, completely honest, that is why I do it. Perhaps now I can help someone because for 50 years, I sure as hell didn't even help myself, you know, much less anyone else. Right. Um, But it is helping me by going in there and being around these people um it, they have you read a little script when you go in there and it says why we are here you know I, the plain and simple and i tell them i don't read that script anymore i've been going mm-hmm. in there for so long i don't read that script i just say you know why i'm here i'm here because i care about you plain and simple
3: and i think it was, it's hard for a lot of them to believe that because nobody's cared about them in so long yeah that was They've been that condemned. was one of my They've been, yeah you know ostracized uh, it's that's very a very hard
2: good to come point. Back from that. Yeah, that's, I can see where that. I have never thought yeah. of that before, but yeah. that's a very good point, Ellen.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm reading this this little thing here. Too, I'm still on my phone, and it says, "Ever accidentally throw something away? Then later, you realized you needed it." I almost did that with my life. Yeah, <laughs> crazy, right? I mean, uh, you know, as simple a statement. As that is, it has profound um, meaning because that's what I did, and and fortunately enough, I was able to say help and find a new way to live. A lot of my friends away their life and they never got it back right they gave it away I don't want to say they gave it away but I gave my life away and I roll the dice on a daily basis and fortunately I'm still here and you know I don't want to get morbid on a, on a on a New Year's Eve but you know um, hundreds, hundreds of my friends are no longer here due to the use and abuse of drugs and alcohol, secondary illnesses or, or accidents, or whatever pertaining to uh, the use and abuse of drugs and alcohol. If I if I had a if I had to write a list, I, it would it would blow you away the amount of people I know that that have died. I stopped going to funerals in 1985 because it was I, I was losing a friend a week, right. and wow. um yeah and. and and uh, you know, now that I've been clean all this time, I'm still u- losing those people. Maybe not as much of a as much of a rate because there are no old dope addicts. You know what I mean? They either got clean or dead. And um, you know, I'm just grateful today that when I chose to throw my life away, my higher power hung onto it and said, "You're going to need this later." And gratefully handed it back to me on February 28th, 1989. And I didn't even have that realization that it was handed back to me until probably 9, 10, 11 months later. And, you know, so it's a journey, you know. And, and you know, like, like I say, I'm 29 years clean and sober, and today is a good day to get high and have a beer, I'm an addict and an alcoholic. That's what I. That's what I do. That's what I know. So, with that in in mind, what do I have to do on a daily basis, in order to in order to me not to use or uh, drink? I have to stay out of those situations. I have to keep a positive attitude, and I have to share who I am with people so that they know, hey, you're getting a little screwy in your thought process. Maybe it's time that you uh, stuck your nose back into that book, or maybe it's time that, that you went back to uh, you know, that step meeting that you were going to, or whatever it is, maybe it's time that you realign your recovery process. And um, I think with a lot of things, we get complacent, and that's one of the things that we pay a prices on. I know plenty of people who have gotten decent lengths of clean time and have gone back out Mm -hmm. And then they don't know why. It's like, well, you got complacent with what it was that you're doing. You're not not sharing your experience, strength, and hope. You're not embracing the 24 spiritual principles of whatever a it is that you go to. And, you know, at that point, all of that guilt, all of that remorse, all of that stuff comes blasting back in tenfold, and the people can't make it back in the door.
2: Well, I'll say it. I've heard it before, and it's going to sound like an old cliche, but I firmly believe it, and I'm glad I heard it. My sobriety has a shelf life of 24 hours. Mm -hmm. When I go to bed at night, my batteries are dying. And when I wake up in the morning, I need to recharge those batteries in order to face another day sober. The first thing I do is thank God that my eyes opened up again. And then I have to go... Either to a meeting or I have to meditate a little bit, and my meditation is not like meditation. It's just simply acknowledging the fact that I am here, I was sober yesterday, and today's going to be another sober day. As long as I continue to do what I've been doing, which is admiring the fact that God was able to look at me and say, I'm going to keep you around And that's it. Good. There's a thing uh, Ray's just showing me. It says, "Good morning. Uh, Don't be a shitty person today." (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, when you there's there's another saying that I heard in a meeting not too long ago, and I love it um, because I was this way, and I I related to it. Um, Another guy in the room said, uh, "Somebody told him while he was in the throes of his addiction." That if you run into three jerks before nine o'clock in the morning, they're probably not the jerk. Yeah, you know, get out of the mirror. That's right. <laughs> yeah, you're looking in the mirror there. So, um, no, it's just amazing to me. We've been talking about what people shouldn't do, and you know how helpless we feel that we are in order to to, uh, help these people recover and things, but we're not helpless. As Ray's been saying over and over again, and as Ellen shares with Ray every week, I'm fortunate enough to be sitting in her chair again tonight, we can help by sharing our experience, strength, and hope. We can't go into the bar and pull somebody out. We can't go into that crack house and pull somebody out. But once they've hit their low and everybody's low is different, we can be there to support them by sharing with them that they're not the only ones out there that are going through this crap. Mm -hmm. We all have, and there is hope. There is hope. Ellen, we have about two minutes left.
1: Yeah, no, there absolutely is. Two. Two? Yeah, flu. Well,
3: it really did. It always
1: does. It always does. (laughs) I know you get in the middle of a conversation, and I see the, I see the pad in front of me like it says uh, Voice America Health Channel is typing, and I'm like, oh man, it's already (laughs) (laughs) breaking. I'm crazy. Yeah. So, are you going to be back next week?
3: I will be in the studio next week. Okay. Happy to be there. Happy to have a dog in your lap. (laughs) Happy to have a dog in my lap. Happy to be warm. Happy to be in the sun.
1: I can't tell you. Yeah, it was like eighty-two or something today. It was nice. It was nice, oh, beautiful. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I was up on my. I was up on my roof taking down the uh, the lights and putting away all the uh, the Christmas teddy bear and all the big blow up teddy bear in the yard and uh, all of that stuff today.
2: Yeah, that it's you can take nice down, to put it away for, it, for the year. Yeah, the nativity and and so forth has to stay up until uh, uh, the Epiphany.
1: Oh, well, I screwed that up then.
2: <laughs> yeah, we'll Being a good, good Irish well, Catholic well, I mean, boy, no, you should well, know,
1: yeah, I know. <laughs> I was Well, I I left it up. Everything was in the yard, and I left that up, and I went, you know, it's dry. I'm going to put it away. And um, while I was doing it, I was feeling guilty, right? And then you just had to bring it back up again.
2: You know, so, it's amazing we can sit here and talk about little things like that when this whole show revolves around recovery. But if you're out there listening and you hear us talking about this— you can talk about this kind of stuff one day too. Just help yourself get better. Say goodnight, Steve. Good night, Ray. Thank you, Ellen, for allowing me to be in your chair for the last couple of weeks. Can't wait to have you back. Thank you for subbing for me. Ellen, with Miracles in Recovery. With
3: miracles in Recovery. Hope is in your corner. That Happy it is Happy New Year, everybody. Happy, Happy
1: New, New Year. Year, everybody. Stay safe. five five. Stop using. Good night.